Hi everyone and welcome to Do You Mind? I'm Nisha and today we have Zuha Ali coming to talk to us today from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hi. <laughs> um, she's here to give us a US perspective of mental health in America and in the brown community over there. So um, yeah, please tell us more about yourself. Well, hi, thank you for having me today. Um, my name is Zuha Ali. I am an actor and I am a model. I'm also a painter in my oh, free time. Wow. <laughs> so, so actually painting is kind of getting right into it. Painting is one of the few and only things that help my mental health in oh, wow. a very significant way because I suffer with a lot of, you know, anxiety issues and depression and stuff and we can't always get up <laughs> out yeah. of bed even, you know, sometimes having a getting you know brushing your teeth or making your bed is the biggest achievement so mm -hmm. when you're feeling in such a way and you need to do something productive to make you make yourself feel better yeah. painting is definitely something that kind of grounds me and also helps wow. my anxiety so yeah I, <laughs> you, you just got ahead I just had to I couldn't <laughs> wait but yeah I am originally from Milwaukee Wisconsin and about two two and a half years ago I moved to New York mm -hmm. I studied the method acting at the Lee Strasberg Theatre and Film Institute. Wow. And now I came to the beautiful UK <laughs> to take a vacation before I officially moved to LA. Amazing. Yes, wow. thank you. So let's jump right into it. So, um, so what is your personal experience of mental health? And what do you think about the stigma in the brown community in, in America or just in general? So I'm really glad you asked me like my personal experience because it is such a personal experience. Yeah. Every single person who deals with a mental disability kind of has their own journey, you know, different obstacles, different things that make them feel better, whatever that may be. So personally for me, I have suffered with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. I am diagnosed bipolar. So for me, the number one thing I had to um, make myself be aware and okay with was the fact that because I have bipolar, it'll never actually go away. Yeah. Because bipolar is, there is no cure. You can cope with it. Okay. I have, I'm still learning, but you know, I think that's a lifelong challenge, but yeah. I'm beginning to figure out how to cope with it and still function, be an actor, be a model, make it to my shoots, make it to my rehearsals, yeah. have the energy to rehearse, of course, yeah. even if I'm feeling like I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest things because if I can't cope, I literally can't do anything. Yeah. Um, I had to, and that took a really long time. You know, it took, because <laughs> there was a lot of days where I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to continue like living yeah. <laughs> because yeah. um, I might feel great today. I might feel great tomorrow, but then something's going to happen the day after, even if I'm in the middle of the mall or anywhere yeah. and it's like a switch. Exactly. And I literally just it's an uncontrollable switch. Yeah, it's, you don't know where and when. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like paralyzing. I always say to people, it's kind of like you know, like blinds in your house, yeah. like the window blinds, mm -hmm. because I'm perfectly fine. I see the sun, everything, <laughs> yeah. and then without a trace, without any <laughs> and nothing, yeah. it just flips, and it's yeah. just dark. Yeah. And I've had that flip, especially because like I've I've been diagnosed since I was, I believe, 14. Wow, okay. So 
so almost, you know, about a decade or so mm-hmm. of dealing with this where I've been in the middle of a mall, I've been at a birthday party, I've been, yeah. you know, in a classroom and I'm totally fine. And then two seconds later, it's literally like a 10 ton weight on my chest and I'm paralyzed. Yeah. And yeah, I I've very recently had that at a shoot where oh, I, really? yeah. And because like I said, I'm um, bipolar. I also have manic phases mm-hmm. and it switches back and forth, back and forth. So yeah. when I'm manic, I'm like, I can conquer the world. <laughs> yeah. I can do anything. I'm superwoman. I am yeah. the best. And when I'm feeling like that for my career, it's great because yeah, I can then function at the highest level for 16 hours if I need to. I have been at photo shoots where it's for 12 hours and in front of a flashing camera, it's very time consuming Mm -hmm. and physically it's demanding. So when I'm on my manic phase, I'm perfect. I'm (laughs) like, yeah, (laughs) let's do this. But I was, I remember I was at the shoot and two seconds later, Mm. I literally couldn't move. And I was like, oh no, what do I do now? (laughs) You know? And if I wouldn't have figured out those coping me- methods, I wouldn't be able to finish the shoot. But I know that in order to pay rent, I need to get paid. <laughs> in order to get paid, I need to finish the shoot. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, it's not like that? your motivation. It is. Because I had to come up with different coping mechanisms because realistically, I can't whip out my canvas and my paint. <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have, like, rollers in my hair, people. <laughs> putting makeup on me I can't be like hey guys give me a second I need to to get myself inspired (laughs) no I can't do that so um whether it was therapy or a lot of different you know a lot of motivational speakers have helped me like stuff like that where I nothing okay let me just put it this way there are things that might help me that you might be like I've tried it it doesn't work Mm -hmm. and vice versa so it took me years to mm-hmm. figure out what helps me. And I'll also say not everything always helps me. Yeah, of course. But my school method acting like Strasburg, um, that has helped me significantly when it comes to surprisingly. Because I wasn't, I went in there for acting. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to come out with one of the biggest breathing exercises that have helped me literally uh, everywhere. Yeah, of course, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people are aware of it. But if you're not, I we called it the four, seven, and eight breaths. And it's literally like it's helped me for acting, but also when I'm in the middle of a anxiety attack. Yeah, panic attack. Yeah. Um, just closing my eyes and just concentrating on that. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be a little extreme for some people, but um, so our sense, our, our sensory sensors. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So <laughs> we have our sight, we have sound, we have smell, we have taste. Taste is personally um, one of the strongest ones we have. So it might be a little extreme, but I've had to do it a few times where it's like super, super crazy panic attacks. Uh, you shock your senses. Yeah. So music can help me, but not immediately. Um, taste, if you take a lemon, I've actually, ah, you know, you, wow. take a, you take a whole lemon and you just chew. And oh it's so God. bitter and it's so strong yeah. that your brain stops panicking wow. because it's trying so hard to figure out why you're chewing something so weird. <laughs> like it sounds, <laughs> yeah, it sounds really intense, <laughs> but so I mean, I'm sure you can also relate. Like sometimes these things get really intense Yeah. and when I'm feeling in that sense, I'm like, no, 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 no. I need, I just need to stop it. Yeah. And I'm over, or not over, but I want to be better than 
um, physically hurting myself. And I'm not talking about yeah. cutting or I, I'm just like, sometimes I, I realize like I pinch myself if I'm just trying to calm down yeah. or I'm, you know, just biting my nails whatever that may be like I want to be better than that I want to be able to cope in a healthier way yeah now I don't know if chewing on a lemon <laughs> is the most healthy I mean it, if it works but it if works. it, it yeah. works right yeah of course so in that sense yes yeah <laughs> I have definitely figured out uh coping for myself mm-hmm. now when it comes to stigma I can't help that right yeah like, I can't make somebody um believe that mental illness is a real thing I know. because there's it's hard enough for me to try yeah. to even wrap my head around it exactly. because I'm dealing with it versus somebody who doesn't deal with it mm-hmm. and they're just like well that's fake just go take a walk yeah so go do t- you think that that's the kind of perspective that like the brown community takes not all but yes a lot yeah of yeah because I know a lot of my family still in India like they don't know about the fact that I'm diagnosed or I go through this or that because it would legit be like why you're privileged yeah you know you're privileged you you have a house you have food you have a family nobody's died like (laughs) go take a walk go take some vitamins oh my god I'm (laughs) vitamins (laughs) (laughs) oh no you guys are coming I know you guys are influencing me me, okay But yeah, um, so like the stigma in like the brown community and stuff. Like, what do you think in your from your from my perspective? Like, what do you think has caused that kind of stigma? I honestly don't know the exact root of why people just don't believe in it, or if why they look at it as a taboo. Um, I personally think that it's because it's one of those invisible illnesses yeah like we've t- we were talking about it earlier if i break my foot i wear a cast mm-hmm. you know if um i have a head injury like you can see it on a ct You're scan going to or something foot. exactly yeah. um i have a bleed you can see the blood yeah, coming out course. mental illness is something that is just as intense if not more whatever yeah. but you can't see it so I think, I think personally it's just mainly because it's so subjective. Yeah. Like if you if you break your leg and someone else breaks their leg, like that's one solution. Yeah. To that. Exactly. But I think because mental health is just something so difficult to treat. Like one person could react so well to antidepressants and it could just not help another person. Mm-hmm. I think and I think the traditions is a very big thing in the brown community, yeah. especially like in the Indian Asian community. Like if how mentally ill people were treated before they were just like thrown into like a mental institute like yeah. oh my god they're yeah, crazy yeah having a mental disability is you're pagal you're crazy yeah. you know yeah. you're just you're crazy and I'm like no I'm not crazy <laughs> like yeah. that's why I hate that word even if it's thrown at me as a joke like I'm not gonna be like oh my god I'm never gonna talk to you again but I do like to have that conversation where it's like I've heard it so much from like my own family members mm-hmm. like and actually meaning it that yeah. way like I hate that word like don't call me crazy because I'm not crazy yeah I'm just going through something that you might not understand yeah and that's okay I don't mind sitting down and having an hour-long conversation with you to explain it, but I don't appreciate you making fun of me just because you've never experienced it. Exactly, yeah. You know, and I grew up in a household where, thankfully, my mother has always been extremely supportive. She has always been supportive um, because I think even though she's never, like, been diagnosed or anything, she kind of understood it. Yeah. Uh, Whereas my father, my dad, now... 
after me being diagnosed for X amount of years, now he's like, oh, this is a legit thing. Now yeah. he'll be like, you know, he can sense if I'm off. If mm-hmm. I'm having anxiety, honey, do you want to go for a drive? Do you want time alone? Like he yeah. is learning because he's not ignorant to the fact that there's something going on. But I do remember being, <laughs> I remember being about 15 or 16 yeah. and I came home. I was in the driveway. I still remember my dad was yeah. having a cigarette outside oh, okay. and I came home and he said, oh, and that means, oh, you're back from the mental institute or like okay. the... The loony bin, yeah. to be honest. Like, okay, it's yeah. the slang, I guess. Yeah. You know, oh, you're back from the loony bin. And I remember, I was like, if my own father won't support me, then how will the rest of the world? Exactly, And yeah. that, I think, for the brown community, people need to understand that. Like, as parents, your daughter or your son, like, just your child is going through something. And whether you think it's real or not, because you can't see the wound doesn't mean that it's okay for you to make fun of it or ignore it because thankfully I have never experienced it and I hope nobody else does but people have lost children because they felt alone Mm -hmm. they felt like they had nobody to go talk to and their parents wouldn't get them the help or the medications they needed and they lost the child yeah I think that really highlights the problem like I've heard a lot about that like recently and stuff mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like really I, I'm sure like a young child like mm-hmm. some time ago like took his own life mm-hmm. because he was depressed yeah and if a small child well, I think around eight years mm-hmm. old or something mm-hmm. like that can do it then it really highlights mm-hmm. that mental health is real yeah like if, if anything's gonna highlight that then it's then it's literally that mm-hmm. but yeah as in I completely get what you're on about yeah but. and it's absolutely I yeah I agree <laughs> yeah um so next so, what is the, like, American system for mental health uh. from your experience? <laughs> so, again, my experience, because I can't speak on everybody. Um, I hope for other people it's easier, it's better. Mm-hmm. But personally, my um, living in America, I really expected there to be more. Yeah. I expected more awareness yeah. in general. Like, people know that bipolar is a thing. Uh, people know that OCD is a thing. People, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's thrown around more casually. Like yes. you know the term OCD, it be loosely you know what it means. So you're gonna be like, oh my god, you're so OCD. <laughs> yeah. Oh Suha, you're so bipolar. Come on, you no, yeah. no, 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 you can't say that to everybody. I mean, that's then, the same here as well. Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think the, it's it's mainly the the lack of understanding. I think like not being taught about it. Mm-hmm. And like not knowing the extent of it and whatever, I think that's yeah. what kind of initiates it. I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. but but yeah. yeah, it's just it's not. I feel like you you were talking about how the NHS here is yeah. free. Yeah, So in um, in the UK, um, mental health support it's it's free. Um, in yeah, the NHS. But there's a lot at the moment anyway, because of COVID as well and like lockdown and everything. There's a lot of strain. Um, on the NHS in general, to be fair, but mental health is getting really bad in the UK. Um, but when I, I think when I was 19, something like that, like I have asked for just even just a phone consultation mm-hmm. just to see like what are my options to get help. Okay. And that, a phone consultation was a four month wait. Oh my God. And I was like, but 
Because obviously I was like, I'm but not... But you need it now. Yeah, I was like, I'm not free next week, but can you do the week after? And they were like, oh, hun, like, it's going to be four months. And I was yeah. like, what? Like, just for a phone consultation. And I think for me... I know, it was crazy. And I I was just so stressed because I was thinking, like, imagine if I just had nothing and I had mm. no one and I had to wait four months. Like, mm. what... You'd be thinking, what the hell do I do for four months? Yeah. But I think, luckily, I wasn't... I wasn't too bad for, for that to be like such a big thing for me. Yeah. But I just remember it being, do you know what I mean? Like, I just remember mm. being like, what the hell? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where do we go from here? But um, but yeah, and I think because the NHS is free, that is why I personally think there is a four month wait. Yeah. And like, so demanding. Of course. But, so can you yeah. get their, like, just therapy in general in like, um, with private insurance? Yeah, as in, I got, um, I got my own like therapy mm-hmm. just I had just paid for it and stuff because I didn't yeah. I didn't want to wait four months. But then you had to pay for it. I was like I had to pay for it because it wasn't with the NHS. Mm-hmm. But so if you want to have it with the NHS, you have to wait a while. Yeah. And I'm I'm assuming now as well it would be longer than four months. Yeah, of course. So, but yeah. Anyway, what do you what's um, it like in America? So I will. Okay, I'm gonna first start off by saying like, I do believe there are great therapists and mm-hmm. psychiatrists out there mm-hmm. even in america even here i'm sure yeah i will say like one of my best friends she's had the same therapist since we were in sixth grade yeah you know? wow, okay. um my brother has an amazing therapist that he's had mm-hmm. for four years i will also say i genuinely believe that whether you are dealing with mental illness or not everybody should see a therapist yes 100 percent. i genuinely 100%. am such a big believer whether it's couples therapy whether it's just therapy yeah, for yourself 100%. it shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid to just talk to somebody yeah. because you it shouldn't is, have to have a mental illness to talk to no because like, it's almost like yoga it's like yeah. you need that like, sort of yeah. release like everyone's got stress yeah like everyone in and the you world need a non-biased yeah like somebody that you're legit you are paying so they are forced to listen to you without any sort of bias mm-hmm. and you yeah like objective point of view like you don't talk to your friends and family that's, yeah because they're always going to tell you what you favor yeah they're going to tell you what you want to hear yeah <laughs> You know yeah, I mean? and if they don't, then you take it more personal. Yeah, rather exactly. than you know, I'm paying this person; they don't know anything about me. So whatever they're telling me, it must have some sort of like logic rather yeah. than emotion. Yeah, right. And you kind of talking to like a stranger sort of thing, just like you can literally talk about anything. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'll start off by saying everybody I believe should you know seek therapy. Should just have a therapist, even if it's once a week. Now, for me, I have searched high and low <laughs> for a good therapist. I have not been able to find one because I believe that the American system is more about the money. Mm-hmm. So like I said, there are people who are great, who do a great and amazing job, but Just you have to be very lucky. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to be damn lucky <laughs> to yeah. find somebody who really cares Mm-hmm. Because I have had, you know, maybe six or seven therapists. I have looked everywhere. I have paid therapy therapists that charge like $400 an hour. Wow. And, and this is, again, like we don't have NHS. So no matter what, we have to pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. We might have a really good insurance that might take, you know, take care of it like 60%. But I'm still, let's say, paying $80 or $120 an hour. Yeah. after insurance wow. and then I like I said I had that private insurance where yeah, yeah. I 
literally had to pay $400 an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's insane. And even <laughs> yeah. with that, it's like, like I think I was telling you earlier where I had this therapist who for six weeks oh, asked yeah. me, how mm-hmm. was your birthday party? I'm like, lady, that was six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't listen. They don't care to less listen. It's just, I'm, uh, you're here. Sit on my couch, yeah. talk. Most of them, like out of the six I had, maybe I could say confidently, I could say four of them didn't even write notes. They kind of wow. just listened. And then we're like, okay, your time's up. We'll see you next week. Yeah. And it was like, I didn't even feel comfortable if I needed to like emotionally release myself. Yeah. If I needed to cry. If I really needed to like just ex- express myself. I mm-hmm. didn't feel comfortable because yes, you're a stranger and I'm paying you, but I should still feel like you care. For yeah. me to like tell yeah, you that 100%. because you don't need to care about me as a human. You need to care that like I came to you for therapy, yeah. and you need to like give me therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I feel like you need to have like that some sort of relationship exactly. to be able like, to. If you're gonna confide in someone, like you need to have a relationship. And feel I'm not your friend, but I'm your patient. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. I'm a, treat me like your patient. Care enough, like you would if you were fixing my leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. so that is definitely. Um, something that personally I have been, I have yet to experience. So hopefully in LA, I'll find yeah. a good <laughs> therapist. Yeah. So um, do you, so you said like about there's a lot of focus on medication and yeah, stuff like that. I was so yeah, I was just about to yeah, say yeah. that. Uh, I think that they're like I said, they're more about the money making aspect of it. So I have been to so many doctors where they're like, oh, you need Xanax, sure. Yeah. Oh, you need this medication, sure. And that's why I have been, I was misdiagnosed. I was uh, diagnosed as a schizophrenic. So for four years, I thought my life was going to be over by the time I'm like 25. Mm-hmm. And that takes such a big chunk out of like just me. Yeah. <laughs> it took a huge chunk. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know if I should plan to have a future if I'm going to yeah. be schizophrenic, you know? Yeah. So, um, and that was literally because, oh, have this medication, have this medication. I have been on, I can confidently say over 13 medications. Wow. Just as like, I felt like a guinea pig after yeah. a while. Because oh I was God. like, let's try this. Let's try that. I'm like, how about we stop trying and like you talk. And yeah, like, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Therapy, yeah. So like I was on about like seven, eight different antidepressants until somebody was like, oh, you're bipolar, so we shouldn't actually put you on an antidepressant. We should put you on a mood stabilizer because if they put me on an antidepressant, my manic just shoots up. So I was crazy, you know? (laughs) Yeah, as I say the word crazy. (laughs) But legit, I was. And so medication, and okay, and America has a really big like opioid problem. You know, we have, I was... So now, even though I'm trying to find a therapy therapist, I want somebody who won't prescribe me medication all the time because mm-hmm. I had, um, I did go through a phase where I had a pill problem, you know, oh, like, wow. okay. because yeah. I was literally, it was like pills were raining down on me. Like whatever <laughs> yeah. I wanted, I could get it. So I was getting a lot of it all the time. And I thankfully as a human, like me as an individual, I had to take a step back and I was like, okay, no more pills because mm-hmm. I'm not doing this anymore to feel better. I'm doing it to just numb it out, you know? And yeah. I feel like maybe that aspect of it is not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, an individual therapist or a psychiatrist might never um, admit to it. But as an overall health system, it is so much easier to numb it rather yeah. than fix it. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm aware that mental illness, we just talked about the fact that I can't ever be fixed, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. But I shouldn't feel numb. Like yeah. I shouldn't like just go on with my day from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And the next day, I don't even remember what happened. Yeah, and, you exactly. Know, that's a problem. So personally for me, the American health system just needs to do a better job of you know, f- helping the patients rather than just prescribing medicinal heroin. Yeah. Cause that's what it is. Like yeah. realistically when yeah. you, people, I know just personally me, I know 10 people on my contact list who are prescribed, um, Adderall for mm. ADHD. If you yeah. look at it, Adderall is pretty much m- medical meth. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is that it legit is that. And it's sad because People are now so, they're just so weak for yeah. the pills. Yeah. And so do you think like a, the, the problem or a problem of the American system is that it doesn't really get rid of the problem. It just kind of, like there's a thing in psychology where it's, it doesn't get rid of the disorder it just gets rid of the symptoms. Exactly. That's is a huge exactly? problem. It's yeah. a huge problem. And that's why as Americans, we sometimes will have debates of like how medicinal marijuana will always be, it will never be FDA approved yeah. um, because it's going to lose trillions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Because medicinally, like after doing tests over tests over tests, like people who have epilepsy, people who have Parkinson's, people who have like, you know, proper... Um, diagnosis um, you'll watch videos of a man who's in his 60s who hasn't been able to pick up a spoon and have a bite of soup in let's say 30 years and they'll get a drop of medicinal marijuana like an oil yeah and for the first time in 30 years they can pick up a spoon yeah but they will never ever say okay to that because they will lose so much money in pharmaceuticals like more than anything it's the pharmaceuticals in my opinion, that will hinder the system to just be better. Okay. Because you're, yes, they're making, they might be making $400 um, an hour, but then they're making, let's say, $50 billion a year on the medication that they're prescribing. Okay. Mind you, this isn't exact statistics, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close. (laughs) You know, there, there is a lot of information on that. You guys can go and read it yourself, but... It is sad because at the end of the day, to summarize it, it's sad that the patients don't matter as much as like the companies that can provide the like yeah. the, the pharmaceuticals yeah. for the patients. So do you think like America like has a more of like an objective view on mental health and like mental illnesses rather than because like like we know that. And if anyone has an experience of it or has any any knowledge of mental health, you know that mental health is just very subjective. Mm-hmm. Like my experience of depression and anxiety is very different to yours. Mm-hmm. But do you think America like doesn't see it as that and sees it as like, you know? Yeah, I I okay. I think yes. <laughs> to to just like say <laughs> yeah. it in a short form, yes. Um, I also think America is kind of just very um, casual. It's just very casual about what's going on. When I was in college, I I was fortunate enough to get a referral that, you know, was like, oh, I'm diagnosed with blank and blank. I, 
I need, let's say, an extra hour on my exams, or mm-hmm. I might need um, a one, two-day extension on my projects. Yeah. Cool. Okay. But the person next to me might not have the money, might not have the facilities to get that same referral, yeah. who might be going through the same exact thing as me. Wow. So the okay. teachers will be like, oh, she's lazy, or he's lazy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we're not lazy, we're just trying our best. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's so draining. Like, I think... One thing that if you've never really experienced a mental disorder, like obviously good to be you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I think it's always so hard to explain the difficulty of it. Yeah. It's just so exhausting and you kind of, you want to be de- able to do so many things. And mm-hmm. like, if someone called me lazy, I'd be like, I would love to just be I was lazy. just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just about to say, like, I feel like people also think that we use having a mental disability as yeah. like an excuse yeah. trust me if anybody who's actually going through it they would literally give their left leg to not <laughs> yeah. to not feel this exactly. like I would give up anything in the world mm-hmm. to not flip back and forth every week yeah. every two weeks from manic to depressive from manic to depressive like yeah. I would give anything so People also forget, like, we're not using this as an excuse. I legit, I had a counselor, like, a counselor. She is a guidance counselor. (laughs) She was like, you need to stop using excuses, honey. And I'm like, don't, first of all, don't honey me. (laughs) And second, like, I wish, I was just making an excuse. I wish I could just be like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. Because I'd rather much say I don't feel like doing it rather than, like, I physically can't. Yeah. Like, I have tried. Like, your mind's, like, stopping you from doing that. It's yeah. just an awful feeling. Yeah. Sort of thing. And it's so... It's literally crippling. Because yeah. you feel like a handicap. You feel like yeah. a paralyzed person. Because, like, everything in my heart and my brain is, like, you should do it. And then there's also another voice that's, like, ugh, why are you so late? Like, you're telling yeah. yourself, like, what is wrong? Yeah. Nothing is wrong, Zuha. Nothing is wrong. Yeah. You're fine. Go do it. But then you're just, like, babe. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> so like how we're we ourselves are combat combating so many different emotions yeah. and you know just arguments within ourselves. Yeah, because like you're combating your own brain. Exactly. Which is just so difficult it's in itself. So <laughs> like it's so like mentally, physically, like psychologically, it's emotionally, just exhausting. just exhausting. Like it's just I just spoke like American. <laughs> exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> we're rubbing off on each other. Yeah. Anyway, um, to finalize and to give some ending remarks. Um, so, do you think like being in the brown community and with the American system being the way it is, mm-hmm. does that make being an Indian American like really restricting and just really difficult? Like having a not a, well a, as an Indian American having a mental yeah um i just think that that conversation needs to be had family to family because Mm um like i said even with my family there were so many obstacles that i had to get over but if fortune if you're fortunate and your parents or whoever in your family is willing to listen and willing to accept it like you can sit them down and be like yeah i just need your support like Mm -hmm. you don't need them to fix you and i think that's another thing is that people who love you and who um accept you like Mm -hmm. people can say like yes i know you have depression they go into this like cycle of like i need to make them feel better 
I need to do all these extravagant things. I need to make them laugh. And it's like, yes, that's very comforting, but you're going to burn yourself out. Yeah. And then you're going to hate me for it. So it's like, we need to be able to have that conversation to find that happy medium of like, you can just be in the room and just like do your own thing like you know like do your work if you have work on your laptop you have to work out you have to do anything do it and just acknowledge that I'm in the room come you know hold my hand once in a while if you're on your laptop you can literally just be sitting next to me you don't even have to talk to me yeah but it's like you're safe you are saving yourself your energy but you're also making me feel like yes I'm here for you because I I know people who love me so dearly that exhaust themselves. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh my god, I've burnt myself out, and that makes yeah. me feel worse. Exactly, like, and then you feel like guilty. I feel like a burden. Like, yeah, I guilty. feel like yeah. the burden because I didn't mean to burn you out. Exactly, I didn't mean yeah. to like make you feel like you need to put on a circus show just to make me laugh because I might not even laugh at that point. I might be so depressed or whatever. I might not find that funny. So if you're just being like, I'm here. Like, I'm just in the room. I'm reading. I can be in the room, like, in the corner crying, (laughs) to be honest. But if you're just in the room holding my hand, not even talking to me, not even looking looking at me, I still know that you care enough to be here. Mm -hmm. That's all we need. So that conversation, if you're lucky, if you're fortunate, and I hope, you know, people are, have that conversation with your loved ones because it's important for you to have support. Yeah. You know, it's important for them to, they might not always understand exactly because it's you, like you go through depression or anxiety. I go through it, but we might have totally different coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm, We might have totally different triggers. Mm -hmm. So even though we're going through the same thing, we have different things that make us feel better or make us feel worse versus a family member who's never dealt with it. Yeah. They might not even understand it. So let them just be there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like, you need to understand me. <laughs> they yeah. don't need to understand you. They just yeah. need to support you. Just let them know, love me and support <laughs> me for yeah. who I am. Because sometimes I'm my best self and sometimes I'm my worst self. But sometimes I can't help it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get what you mean. Because I wish I could help it, but sometimes I can't. So when I can't in those instances... I just need to know I'm not alone. Yeah. I don't need a show. I just need to know I'm not alone and I need just support. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I had to have that conversation with my father, with, you know, whoever, um, that it's okay to sometimes be low. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not always safe to be alone. Like, of course, everybody needs their alone time. Yeah. I need my alone time a lot, but sometimes it's not safe because I'll tell you I need to be alone and I'll go in my room and think all the worst things about yeah. me. So it's mm-hmm. like even if you need to force me like I'm going to stay in this room, force me to stay in the room, but don't think that in order to stay in the room you need to entertain me. Yeah. Just be there for me. Yeah, exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answered your question <laughs> but that was like yeah. my take on it what my yeah. beliefs are on mm-hmm. it because yeah. yeah, like it's so exhausting for us who's going through it so I can also imagine how exhausting it is for somebody who just doesn't understand it. Yeah. So the only thing you can do is just like have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to summarize, do you think it's kind of like the process would be, you know, you want to talk to your parents about it first, like if you're going through something, 
and then so like that's already kind of restricting in itself mm-hmm. like being like the brown community sort of thing like having a family and you know whatever um and then to kind of even once you've kind of convinced your parents in a way that you want to go get therapy or this like you just what you want to do to even get the therapy you want is hard yeah. in itself yeah, yeah. and then even once you've kind of got that even if it takes like a month or you've got just medication even though you went in therapy or whatever you can't even kind of tell your other relatives yeah that your community because there's already stigma there like is that what do you think of that is, do you think that's how it I, is or? I think it's again it just comes down to you as an individual mm-hmm. I don't think that you should have like this um step one step two thing okay. because yeah, yeah everybody's family is different you're you i was blessed enough to have a family that you know eventually came around to Mm -hmm. it you might not be in that situation you might have parents that might like disown you if you say i want to drop out and because i'm depressed or Mm -hmm. whatever so you need to number one surround yourself in a safe environment like you need to surround yourself whether it's your sister your brother or your friend you need to be able to express that feeling because it is important to express it. Yeah. It's like the worst thing I always say is to bottle it in because eventually you're going to like fill the bottle to the point that it's the cap's going to explode yeah. and that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. So you need to like, in order to find that release real quick, some people like, you know, I know a lot of people like telling you, telling somebody it won't fix it. Yeah. It won't, but it'll definitely help you because yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't realize venting and just letting it out the the impact it has on you it kind of helps you realize what's happening in yourself yeah Yeah. it doesn't heal you exactly yeah but it doesn't hurt you either yeah so the number one thing i personally always suggest to people after my own experience is surround yourself with that safe accepting loving community Mm -hmm. whether it's your just your sister or your three best friends or whatever that may be for you you first go do that then you have to gauge it if you think it's safe to like come out to like your family and be like hey this is what's going on have that conversation and don't have it in that in that manner where like you guys all sit down for an hour and then you never bring it up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen that a lot too, mm. where it's like, oh, it's she's better now. He's better now. Yeah. No, unfortunately, no. Yeah. I wish that's how it worked, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not. So you genuinely need to be able to figure out what's best for you. And, you know, some people can get therapy. Some people yeah. can get psychiatrists. Some people yeah. just can't. So, again, <laughs> mental health is so so just difficult to like yeah what is right what is wrong yeah i feel there's no right and wrong it's it's just so it's just so subjective like i think just overall like if you if you're gonna get one thing from what we've talked about today it's just mental health is so subjective like absolutely like my experience and someone else's experience is just it's so different like the triggers are different and symptoms are different Mm -hmm. and just everything i think yeah with america kind of taking a very objective and i think realistically that i think the uk i wouldn't say is necessarily any better Mm -hmm. but i mean the fact that i guess it's free is obviously a pro it's definitely like when i found (laughs) out like nhs is like even a thing i was like oh my god (laughs) healthcare yeah that's crazy i think even then like it's still not taken as seriously considering yeah. you know there's a four month waiting time yeah and you know when you kind of go there it's do you go to antidepressants 
it's like that's kind of the first way yeah. I'm like but I'm like but I don't want to yeah. like you, don't you know because honestly all, all antidepressants do is literally just increase your serotonin mm-hmm. and that can and really as soon help. as the medication's taken away as soon as you run out yeah. of your prescription you li- literally go literally insane. I was literally <laughs> like I have withdrawal symptoms what is yeah. going on yeah like, yeah no. for sure so yeah no number one yes <laughs> mental health is so subjective and number two it's like the only concrete no matter who you are the only concrete advice quote-unquote I can say that I can give you that have personally helped me is like just find the community that's healthy for you yeah whether you are able to get your hands on a psychiatrist a psychologist your parents sibling friends whoever surround yourself with people who are understanding supporting and loving yeah. that's it they don't have to understand it like you don't have to necessarily find a community that all deal with it mm-hmm that's not what I'm saying, but if you can just find even one person that you can like vent to, like confide in, confide yeah. in, release that emotional, psychological like stress. Mm-hmm. If you can just talk to somebody, do that. That's step one, number one, and then step two, three, four. I think as an individual, you need to figure out what's best yeah. for you. But no matter who you are, I will definitely say just find a safe community because at the end of the day, like you matter <laughs> like yeah. you do like your mental health matters whether you're amazing at your job you're amazing mom you're amazing whatever you matter you should come first mm-hmm. so like find people who also see that find yeah. people that can recognize that you're struggling and you deserve the help that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah that's a very good note to oh, end on <laughs> anyway thank yes. you everyone thank for you listening for me. and thank you Zuha for coming <laughs> of course um, See you guys later. Thank you for listening to Do You Mind. I'll see you all soon. Thank you again. Bye.